It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Yeah. I love my HBCU. And boy. I love it, love it. I love it, love it. I love my HBCU. And man, I hope my team they won one. I hope my team they won one. Yeah, man. I hope my team they won one. I hope my team they won one. Yeah, I tune into the HBCU Sports Lab to see if my team won a loss. If they lost, I'm quiet as a mouse. But if they won, keep tab. Uh, I'ma do the dab, yeah. Dr. Cavill, yeah. he know what he be talking about. Talking Mike about. and Charles, Talk. they know what they be talking about. Yeah. Talking they about. compress the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they want a lot. Yeah. And who the ball, ball. So listen to Professor Yes Sir, yes, and pay attention, because he gon' teach us. This is Dr. Cavill with Inside the HBC Sports Lab with Mike Washington Charles Bishop. If you see Mike Washington Charles Bishop about on assignment, uh, spending a little additional time with the families. I told them to push along, make sure they get in this holiday break. Uh, we will give you a show today. We'll take a deep dive a little bit. We'll talk about this year, 2023, but we're going to spin it all our way back and tie in some history with it. So we'll go all the way back to 1913 with some history, as you know, 110 years for the SIEC, Southern Inclusion Athletic Conference. They just celebrated this past year. So we'll talk a little bit about that. Talk about those HBCU football champions over the years, decades that passed that concluded uh, with the Florida A&M Rattlers winning it in 2023. Uh, shout out to them. Winning it as a member of the Southwestern Athletic Conference over the MIAC. Bringing them back a little pride to the SWAC. Yeah, all that history back there. Look at that. Look at that. Yeah, the Rattlers. Rattlers. Shout out to the Rattlers. Uh, A.D. Drew showing you a lot of pride as he should be as well as our producer Roy in the background. They continue to strike. Uh, and with that being said, when you look at some of the momentum they've got the signing day, along with a couple of other teams in the East, boy, I tell you, doesn't look like there might be much change as things continue to push forward. We might be doing this in a whole big rewind, doing it all again in 2024. We shall see as they do kick things off in the MIAC swag challenge in 2024 versus the Norfolk State Spartans, the Rattlers. That should be fascinating on one side of it. But with that being said, welcome to episode 474 of Inside the HBCU Sports Lab radio show and podcast, the show that's covering the sporting HBCU dash for all things HBCU sports for institutions large and small. From the NAIA to the NCAA, we share insights and information on the HBCU sports culture, 
HBCU athletic aesthetics to facilitate the story of HBCU athletic programs and the business of HBCU sports. In short, we just call it HBCU sports pedagogy. I'm your host, Dr. Kenyatta Khalil, along with my co-host, A.D. Drew. We're filming from our home studios and sending a signal live to KCOH 1230 AM studios with the Texas Radio Hall of Famer. That's multi-Hall of Famer Ralph Cooper in a beautiful home of Texas Southern University from Houston, Texas. Uh, with that being said, let me go to you, Drew, as you saw me kind of break into this. How you doing? I'm doing fine. Uh for my brothers Charles and Mike. Uh belated Merry Christmas. And since I'm filling in for you guys, can a brother get a, a plate of leftovers, you know? And uh with the plate of leftovers speaking, and you're gonna warm them up for you so they'll be nice. Exactly. Exactly. Speaking of leftovers, Dr. Cavill, uh, are you the kind of person who brings your own Tupperware? A <laughs> brings a clam brings your own clamshell, B, or are you one of the ones who wait till there's a lunar foil pan empty and just kind of throw everything into the lunar foil pan? Yeah, I'm of uh, the framework now. I like the Tupperware. I don't like all that uh, saran rack, classic plates, or all that kind of stuff. That, that's nerve wracking to me. So if it's gonna be done, it's gonna be done with Tupperware. Either something that I brought if I'm with people that I'm former with and they know me and they don't have a problem with that, or I ask for some of their Tupperware because it's usually gonna be family. So if it's my mom, she keeps it around. She believes sending you back with something, so I only have to ask. She's just going to start fixing it up. What do you like? After half the uh, Tupperware is full, then she'll ask, you know, what about this? What about that? So right. I'm in good standings with that, and you're exactly right in what that looks like, which in a lot of ways uh, allows me to say this to everybody as well. Happy Kwanzaa. Uh, got to light the Black Center candle with my son, Deuce, and wife as we got into it uh, as we – go with emoja, which means unity, to strive for and maintain unity in the family, community, nation, and race. So certainly that's what we try to do for this show, what we do with BCSN Networks, uh, as we ask you to go download my JVN, my BCSN, for those that have not already. I know a lot of our fans are up on that. Uh, but uh, just with our family here, our own personal families, our extended families in the HBCU, as I like to call it HBCU Sports Culture, the sporting HBCU diaspora, as you know, uh, happy Kwanzaa for all those that certainly recognize and celebrate it. Hope you had a great Christmas. I know we did a lot of unwrapping, a lot of thankful opportunities. Uh, Deuce was happy, so that's a good thing. Deuce happy, the family happy, Faith was happier. So once uh, she's happy, it's really good. So good stuff, <laughs> good food, good treats. We're all involved. Hope you had a good one too, AD Drew. I, I definitely did. Definitely did. Uh, actually did. They were cooking on Christmas Eve this year instead of waiting until Christmas Day. And, and I don't know about y'all, but with Christmas being on a Monday, it was like my whole calendar was kind of off. You know, I woke up Sunday, you know, thinking like, you know, I don't know what day of the week I thought it was on Sunday. Yesterday, I thought it was actually Sunday on my body clock. And, you know, it was all kind of crazy. But I, I, I do want to know one thing, Dr. Kabir. I've noticed a change in culture because 
I had to go to the store on Saturday. And normally, no, I had to go on Saturday and go on Sunday. Normally, mm-hmm. that weekend before Christmas, you usually find the stores jam-packed, lines halfway down the aisles and, and everything else. And I swear, Dr. Kavir, it looked like a regular, it looked like about a Thursday in the store where I was at. And, you know, nothing, nothing spectacular, not a whole bunch of people fighting over stuff, you know, shit, a couple of shelves were empty and everything. But the, that normal rush that we that we saw when we were younger, where it was like every 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 person who knew how to cash somebody out was up on the register and all this stuff. It's not the case anymore, I guess, as people are moving more towards online shopping. No doubt. That's part of it. I think that has to do a lot of with e-commerce has really uh, made it part of our life. After COVID, people realized that you could do a lot with that and it would not spoil you in terms of breaking away uh, what you like to do. So I think a lot of people take advantage of it. You know, most many people probably didn't like uh, getting around folks. And now, you know, cold weather, people are still dealing in some form of fashion with COVID, so they don't necessarily like to be around a lot of people uh, in that facet, particular people they don't know. So I think people now are just like, hey, uh, let's let's do e-commerce. Let's do it online shopping. So you're absolutely right. I notice a lot of that. I know I'm one of those. You know, I, I, if I can't find it online and get it sent to me, I'm not sure if I want it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and your selections are much better and your prices are much better uh, online, especially if you got something like an Amazon Prime or Walmart Plus that includes the shipping and the uh, price. You know, you, you tend to get a lot better price and selection than you are if you go into a brick and mortar. Yeah, great point. Um, and so I think that's not going to change much. I think you see a change of lifestyle in regards to what that looks like. I mean, you think about it. I mean, you can literally, for those that drink, you can get drinks sent to you and, you know, uh, you can get your food Uber to you. <laughs> I mean, I'm not, I'm not sure what you need to pull out the driveway for these days. I mean, gro- gro- grocery shopping online. and <laughs> Exactly. But the only thing you got to do is have somebody come put. Yeah. Yeah, to your point, grocery online. So even for those that do not necessarily get it sent directly to them, they just do curbside service. So that's half your battle, too. Yeah. So you might have some stuff in the parking lot, but people are getting it brought to them in their car to cash out to go. So there's no need to go in inside, to your point, uh, to be in line with all these cash registers. So uh, it sounds like things are moving in a different direction. Great point. Great point when you make it. Definitely. With that, Definitely. like I said, we'll touch a little bit on history and get into that. With that being said, before we get too far into history and take a first break, uh, what's the news on your mind in terms of as we kind of close out the year? Anything uh, that has captured your imagination uh, this week? Obviously, a little bit is going on about the signing day. How happy were you with signing day for HBCUs in general? Oh, I, how happy am I? Do you know what school I graduated from? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. 
to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. <laughs> you know, look, when when Fabu pulls a coup and gets people to go across the railroad tracks and come south in Tallahassee, whereas so many times people have gone north in Tallahassee to, to the school on the north side of the railroad tracks. I mean what more could you want, not only as a, as a Rattler, but just as an HBCU in general, the fact that not only with FAMU, but we see so many of our HBCUs are pulling players from Power Fives, you know, top 100 recruits in their class, four stars, five stars. I mean, three years ago, a five-star wasn't even sniffing. Any any one of our HBCUs, yeah, get get a man a little bit of credit. Uh, Coach Prime did kind of open the door and show people the Pandora's box is open. Yeah, yeah, he showed people the experience at the HBCU and that you can't be successful at the HBCU and people can't get drafted out of an HBCU. So now some of these younger people who saw what has happened is like, well, hey. I can go over here, get my culture, and get an education from people who actually care about me. I don't have to worry about the hundred dollar handshakes anymore like I used to back back in the day because I can get me an NIL deal. I could that NIL deal that I get on the north side of the railroad tracks, I can get on the south side of the railroad tracks. So you know, these young gentlemen or and young ladies are waking up realizing what's going on getting back to 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 their roots and it's 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 just a a great feeling yeah i'm ecstatic because my institution florida a&m has made major strides and probably one of the top anywhere right now FCS, FBS, as far as players that they've picked up in the portal yeah we know we've got the regular signing period coming but, uh, you know, just seeing what's going on, these kids d- doing this, and those kids who used to go to Florida State and hang out on FAMU's campus for the culture, now they don't have to do that anymore. They just come on fa- uh, FAMU's campus. Same thing down the Southern. Those kids who was going to LSU and then going across town to to Southern's campus, you don't have to do that anymore. You you just go ahead right right there on Southern's campus. And there are other HBCUs with a a P five school right there either in the same city or right up the road from them. You know, Auburn and Auburn and Tuskegee, uh Auburn and Alabama uh state. Uh you know there there are plenty of them where that can happen. You just might as well just go ahead to the HBCU. forget the middleman. Forget, say the gas money. Yeah, great points. And you look up, certainly saw Bethune-Cookman, Florida A&M, Alabama State, Alabama A&M, Jackson State pulling these 
four and five stars, obviously some of the bigger uh, numbers in terms of getting done was Florida A&M, and they were first out the box getting it done. But also I thought it was fascinating to see that uh, also having success in terms of the high school class that they're signing. Uh, Jackson State had a top five FCS class. In a lot of ways, how that is measured is the volume and what you're doing with HBCU students. It doesn't necessarily uh, take in effect the transfer portal, which is a different grade uh, in regards to what you get in terms of your rankings, which we'll see more towards the um, traditional signing day in February. But this new early signing day in December is fascinating. It's changed the game as you talk about changing uh, the culture and space. I think it's fascinating, which brings up uh, that football matchup that will be in October next year with fan you going to Jackson State. I think that's going to be fascinating to see what that looks like. Uh, and then on the west side, obviously, with all the coaching changes, it's going to be interesting to see who's able to jump out of there and kind of take it uh, by the uh, bull by the horns, thinking about Texas style, of what that looks like. So it's going to be fascinating to see what that is as we get into it. Anything you want to add on to that? Yeah, one last thing. With a lot of these players that you've seen signed both uh, throughout these HBCUs, these are players who are expected to make an immediate impact and are expected to get significant minutes uh, this season. So we're not talking about players that were stockpiling who are, who are one year away. And a lot of these players are not coming in quote unquote, taking someone's position. These, these coaches are actually recruiting their needs. You yeah. know, they, they Great may point. not have been able to get a high school class of the wide receiver class may not be as great in high school or the offensive line, a defensive line or whatever. So they're going out and get these experienced kids so that they can kind of get those high school players, let those high school players sit for a year and learn behind that mature uh, transfer uh, student. And, and hopefully, you know, I, I'm just ready to see how competitive that this is going to be. Cause you, you, we talk about all those signees in the swag East, you know, maybe the East is looking like they want to reclaim their dominance as the, what was the series 10, nine this year. If you count the uh, non, the uh, the one non conference game or something like that, you know where the yeah, East is nine, dominated. Nine, eleven, yeah. Oh, eleven nine or something eleven. like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know the East has won the series by three, four, five games over the last couple of years. So the, the East is saying they want to get back to that point uh, amongst it. But j- just imagine, you know, as good as good as FAMU's class is, Bethune is closing the gap. Jackson State is is trying to reclaim their throne. Alabama State. It's closing the gap. Same thing with AM. And then, like you said, in the West, you know, once we figure out the, all these coaches, you know, it, it, it's, go, it's going to be interesting. And last thing, it, what's going to be interesting about the SWAT going on, I know we're going to talk about the past, but who's playing quarterback for these teams this year? Because we we're going to have a whole heap of new quarterbacks. In, and in you the can take that, you can take that beyond the SWAT. And when you get into the MEAC, um, even in some of the independents, the question across the landscape for me going into the football season, um, who is going to be the starting quarterback for a lot of teams? We had uh, a lot of folks that had quarterbacks being played. They uh, have graduated, and some of the stellar quarterbacks that have been in place the last couple of years, they all have moved on in, in terms of exhausting their eligibility. So you're right. It's going to be fascinating to see 
not only in the SWAC, but in the MEAC as well, and the independents. Who's going to be the signal caller? Who's going to be QB1? Uh, what does that look like? So I'm fascinated to see in a lot of ways what part of that is going to become true uh, in terms of moving forward. With that being said, let's take a first break, come back on the other side, and get into some more of this dialogue. I'm going to read a little history to you in some ways, and we'll see what you thoughts are. I'm going to go back, go way, way back, and let you know as we cut it to the other side and celebrate a little bit of history before we move forward and talk about this year, 2023, in review. Stick will be right back after this break. At CDW, we get speed as the new currency of success. Our team spends way too much time tending to outdated applications and software when they should be focused on driving application agility and innovation. CDW Amplify Development Services modernizes software and application development to help accelerate innovation and digital transformation. So you mean building new applications, UI, and mobile interfaces? Well, you said you needed to innovate more quickly. Oh, so he's a listener. To do more at scale, trust CDW Amplify Development Services. Nope. Nope. You want him? Ooh, I like him. Quick, the quicker picker-upper. Bounty picks up messes quicker, and each sheet is two times more absorbent, so you can use less. He's an eight. He's a nine. Bounty, the quicker picker-upper. That's a pretty tight spot. Watch this. Of course your view parks itself. That's so you. It's just up here on the right. Of course you know where we're going. That's so you. Kind of got a sixth sense. And a head-up display. They're here. Hit the field. Warm up. You brought all these players in your Buick? Yeah. So you. It is. There's a Buick that fits your life. Because at the heart of every Buick SUV is you. From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High quality cigars plus personal customer service. Slowburn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge, featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. Visit our website, www.slowburnwaco.com. That's www.slowburnwaco.com. Compress the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they wanna love yeah. And who the ball, who the ball. So listen to Professor, yes sir, yes sir. And pay attention, cause he gon' teach a lesson. This is Dr. Bill inside the HBC Sports Lab with A.D. Drew. If you would, check it this out. I want to take you back, 100 years back. You know, as we said, we gave you the history on the SIEC, 1913. We know the CIAA in 1912. We'll go down some history in terms of what that looks like in terms of HBC football champions. But I want to focus a little bit uh, in 1923. See what your mind thinks about. Let me read this. Then, A.D. Drew, I want to get your thoughts uh, on this passage. This is coming out of the... Football at Historical Black College Universities and Texas book, Rob Fink, which is based on a uh, dissertation that looked at the history of football in the state of Texas, particularly the formation of the Southwestern Athletic Conference. Uh, but I think it really gives you a global perspective of HBCU. So for Texas, Black college 
black colleges, the football season remained dependent on the academic schedule. Practice began after the school term started. For example, in 1923, bishops started classes on September 10th. Once classes began, coaches learned which player from the previous year had returned to school or who planned to play football. Only then could coaches assign positions and work on plays. Occasionally, questions concerning which football team members returned to school extended beyond players to also include coaches. This of college following a successful 1922 campaign opened the 1923 season with the new head coach, L.P. Collins. No mention existed in the black press as to why the previous coach's bishop, Talget, failed to return. The Houston informer only told of Collins' accomplishments as the halfback and in on the University of Iowa football team. When the black press in Texas reported accounts of football games played, usually the team's effort received more recognition than the accomplishments of individual players. In a victory for Prairie View over Samuel Houston, November 3rd, 1923, the press focused its attention on the strong play of both schools' offensive and defensive lines. Prairie View's left tailback, a man who the informer only referred to by his last name, Thompson, received only individual recognition of the game. An account of Wiley's 20-6 victory over Texas College, which also occurred on November 3rd, the Dallas Express discussed the line plunging on the Husky Warriors in instead of individuals' accomplishments. The black college football became more and more popular among the Texas African-American community. The activities surrounding the game developed a celebratory atmosphere. Prairie View defeated Texas College 15-0 November of 1923. The game took place Armistead's Day, and the festivities honoring the end of World War I received as much recognition as the game itself. The performance by two schools' bands Speeches by prominent Black Texans, along with the fact that the national government made the day of a federal holiday, received as much attention as the football game. Another factor that helped Black college football become so popular involved the development of rivalries between different colleges. For schools such as Wiley and Bishop, both of which were located in Marshall, a heated competition existed. These rivalries allowed fans to debate which college possessed a better team who were the best black athletes in the state. The base proved important because they existed outside the control of the white establishment in Texas. On November 25, 1923, Wiley defeated ancient rival Bishop by a score of seven to six. More than 3,000 fans watched one of the great, greatest games ever played in Texas. The Houston Informer described the game as the Quote, the cleanest and hardest ball game ever played between Bishop and Wiley, end quote. The paper went on to recognize several players on each team for their outstanding plays, such as Jeremy and King of the Bishop and Orange and Donald of Wiley, along with individual recognition. The paper made sure to point out that every man who went on the field played hard and fought to the last whistle, end quote. The fact that black colleges in Texas offered competitive football teams and also increased the popularity of the sport among the African-American community. In 1923, Wiley won the Southwestern Athletic Conference Championship. Of the six schools in the conference, four schools finished the season in contention for the title.
Finally, the Bishop Tigers and Paul Quinn Tigers finished out the 1923 football season with a Christmas Day game in Waco. Taking advantage of the reduced holiday rates offered by Texas Railroad, 3,000 fans witnessed the Paul Quinn victory. Led by Hub Tinsley, Paul Quinn played with machine-like grace as they outclassed Bishop. While the popularity of black college football in Texas grew during the 1920s, enrollment at colleges in Texas also increased. During the 1924 academic year, the enrollment at Prairie View increased to 1,087 students. The school found itself forced to deny, deny admittance to between 200 and 500 applicants because of the lack of dormitory space. Giving you some updates of what was taking place in 1925, 1923, I should say. So just wanted to give a little update, uh, get some thoughts on that. I found out just kind of talking about 100 years in review. In 2020, the Southwestern Athletic Conference celebrated 100 years of athletic academic history. The SWAT was formed, as you know, September 10, 1920 in Houston. From humble beginnings as a grand experiment with five historically black colleges and university institutions, four private institutions, one public institution. The founding members of the SWAC included Bishop, now defunct Paul Quinn College, Sammy Houston College, now Houston Tillerson University, Wiley College, as well as one public institution, Prairie View State Normal Industrial College, now Prairie View AM University in the Southwest region of the United States, with the sixth joining just a year later, Texas College. Giving you a framework, the history there, obviously fascinating when we think about that. But before I get into some more history and kind of do some reviews of those champions when we started doing Black College Champions in the 1920s, Eddie Drew, what are your thoughts when you hear that history uh, and where we are today? First thing, Dr. Covillo, Um you you mentioned, I believe you may have rattled off six different schools while you were uh, talking through that through that synopsis right there. One of those schools is no longer in existence. Three of those schools no longer offer football right. and are on the NAIA level. One school still plays football on the NAIA level. And only one school that you mentioned is still a member of the SWAC. That 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 that's the first thing, and that's wow how times have changed. You know those flagship institutions of the Southwestern Athletic Conference have five of those six have shifted their focus and shifted their. Uh, alliance for one reason or another, and unfortunately, we lost one of them in 1988. Uh, Bishop College, I do believe, was 1988 when they closed, and another one, Sam Houston, uh, merged with another college to become Houston Tillerson. So it's it, it's just interesting when you just sit there and just think about that portion of it, Doctor Cavill. Discounted train rates. 3,000 fans showed up to a game because of discounted train rates. I don't know whether it's the discounts, you know, or the fact that we traveled by train at that point in time <laughs> to get around to to these games. Where now, you know, you, 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 you were the most famous one I know. 
I'm not connecting anywhere. I'm flying straight in to where I need to go. I will fly in to the closest city and drive if I have to before I catch a connecting flight. That was not an option in 1923, Dr. Cavill. So, uh, so, so, so when Ben Cavill and, and his people traveled, they had to travel by train. Right. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, j- j- just kind of think about that. But you, you brought up something. And I, I don't know if you go, if you might be able to go back and, and and reread it. You brought up something about football impacting enrollment. Uh, you mentioned that towards the end. Yes. If one thing is still constant, it's the success of your football program and the notoriety of your football program affecting enrollment. At, at at uh an institution, and you said it. Prairie View, what was, what was it called then, Doctor Kavir? Because I don't want to get it. I don't want to get the name wrong. Normal, like all right. Yeah, all right. We, were, we most of us were normal back then. Yeah. Uh, Prairie but Prairie View State, Normal and Industrial College. Prairie View State Normal and Industrial College had to turn applicants down because why? They They did not have the door space. Where have I heard that at before? Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you picked up on all of it. All of a sudden, you would, as we were doing a course uh, lecture, you would have an A+. plus. Great job there. Yeah. The I more things change, the more things stay the same. Exactly. <laughs> I would be flying in. The only train that I'm catching now is going to be the train in the airport that takes you from uh, whatever concourse you're in to your baggage plane. <laughs> and I might be taking the next train that takes you martyr from the airport to downtown if you don't decide to get rid <laughs> to take you there in terms of your ride. Or if I can't convince A.D. Drew to pick me up at the airport. One of the other. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> so there you're you absolutely go. right. But shout out to this. Think this uh-huh. Think Think about this. Um, Fisk wins the championship in 1913. Uh, when, you know, when you talk about part of the SIC, Fisk, as you alluded to, were playing football. They were still members of the SIC. Uh, now they don't. They were charter members. Right. And they're in the GCAC. 1913, Hampton uh, won the CIAA in terms of the football championship. Charter, charter member. Exactly, and now they're no longer a part of the CIAA, but they're not even part of the HBCU uh, with the previous member in the MEAC. Now they're outside of that in the Colonial, just to talk about how things change, to push things up a little bit. And, uh, and uh, before you go right there, j- just to date myself, Dr. Kavir, I was I was in school at FAMU when Hampton went from the CIAA to the MEAC. Oh, wow. In the 90s. And then... Obviously, you didn't even have a SWAC at the time. You don't have a Midwestern Conference, no MEAC at that time in 1920s, uh, uh, 1913s. 
uh, in terms of going back uh, more than 110 years ago. 1923 SIEC, you're talking about Morehouse and Fitz, uh, what that looks like, uh, just to give you a couple of hundred years back, if you would, in 1923, uh, you're talking about Virginia Union in the CIAA, uh, what that looks like. So just fascinating when you start talking about what the place and times have changed. I do want to give you this quick tidbit of information when we look at the history before, again, we kind of go back to this modern time and look at what took place uh, in 2023. As you go back further, HBCU national champions, I want you to hear how this kind of changes over a period of time too. Uh, very early, uh, you, you start to see the Pittsburgh Courier that names champions in 1920. Uh, but you have a lot of things, and at first you start seeing private schools at first. Later, the public schools come into contention. But in 1923, going back 100 years, remember the first national black college champion, if you would, by the Pittsburgh Couriers and other black newspapers, or what we referred to Negro newspapers at the time, really didn't start declaring national champions until 1920. But 1923, there was a three-way tie. Howard, Lincoln, Pennsylvania, Virginia Union. Howard, 7-0 under Lewis Watson. And Lincoln, Pennsylvania, 5-1-2. Uh, Ulysses Young, they actually had a 6-6 tie in what was referred to in that area as the colored championship of the time. Virginia Union sneaks in there and gets a piece of it by the Pittsburgh Courier, 6-0-1. Ten years later, 1933, you start to see the public schools, uh, public institutions get involved. Kentucky State, 4-3, was able to get a national championship. Henry King, but the Pittsburgh Courier named Morgan, Morgan State, that was 9-0 under legendary coach Edward P. Hurt uh, that will be inducted in the Black College Football Hall of Fame this year uh, with that class. 1943, Morgan State continues to climb. They were 5-0, uh, Edward P. Hurt. Taking it back a little bit, when we did the first Prairie View FAMU game, we kind of talked about this a little bit, 1953. FAMU has a three-way tie. Different folks recognize different teams. 10-1, Jake Gaither. Prairie View, 12-0, Billy Nix. Uh, Pittsburgh Courier. You know I got to put my jab in this since we couldn't do it in 2023. That year, Prairie View did beat FAMU. <laughs> uh, before they hosted their own championship and got it done against Texas Southern of all teams because they weren't playing in the Southwestern Athletic Conference. That was a year before Texas Southern actually joins the SWAC. Tennessee A and I, that's a thorn in both teams, uh, was eight and zero and won and got a piece of the championship uh, with uh, Billy Nix, head coach of Prairie View, Henry King over there at Texas A and I. Nineteen sixty-three, Prairie View goes ten and one and gets it done under Billy Nix, and they are recognized as a unanimous champion. Nineteen seventy-three. You got Tennessee State goes 10 and 0 under John Merritt uh, in terms of what takes place there. In 1983, you start to see things change. Old Billy Joe gets in the mix. Uh, he takes Central State 12 and 1, NCAA Division II program, winning a, a championship around that time. Grambling State under Eddie no, Robinson, the legend. They were NAIA at that part at that time. Yep. 
I think Central State was still NAIA. No, time. they had just moved. Remember, they go back and forth. They go back Division Two and NAIA around the same time. They spent a couple okay, of years gotcha. there. But that 83 year, they were Division Two. that particular still year. Still D2. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Tennessee State was 8-2-1 and one under John Mary. This is when you move from the Pittsburgh Courier to the Southern Broadcast uh, Broadcasting Network. Uh, as they start doing it, you have the AD, the Wire, um, Athletic Wire starts naming championships as well. 1993, Howard could not match what they did as they win a championship. Howard was 11-1. Steve Wilson was the coach. In Southern, 11-1, Pete Richardson. Um, Howard declined the automatic bid to the Heritage Bowl three to, to just participate in what was the 1AA playoffs, as we know, the FCS. And Southern wins the Southern Heritage Classic that year. Um, this is fascinating to me because, you know, it points back to when I made my declaration in 2002 and Dr. Cavill starts naming uh, with the voters uh, naming HBCU champions under Dr. Bill's uh, classic cuts and splits it in two divisions. So you have separate divisions. That was in 2002 uh, when it happens. But 2003 is fascinating because uh, you have Albany State 10-2 and two under Mike White, who I named my second year, gets um, HBCU national champion in Southern under Pete Richardson goes 12 and one and outside of that, they have a unanimous champion at the FCS level. 2013, a little bit of controversy there. Uh, Bethune Cookman 10 and three under Brian Jenkins uh, wins a myriad of about four or five different championships. Cause you have multiple folks doing championships. Now Tennessee state 10 and four under Rob Reed earns a championship. Winston-Salem state, 10 and 2 under Coach Connell Maynard wins um, uh, at the Division II level, wins my mid major championship. So, just sharing that obviously this year, last week, we declared uh, at the mid major level, Division II NIA, we have our champion with Benedict getting it done, Chennis uh, Berry, then obviously at the FCS level, major division level, Florida AM gets it done under. Coach Willie Simmons making it work. So just wanted to give a little backdrop, a little history through the decades, how things have changed and and just where we play a role and what that looks like. So excited about that. So wanted to share and kind of close that up. Let's take our next break. We'll come back on the other side and get into some of the things that you think about, not just football champions this year, but other big sports champions anything that really excited you this year stick with us be right back after this break are you hungry for authentic caribbean food like jerk chicken oxtail red snapper shrimp tofu and rasta pasta well find your way over to mango's caribbean restaurant 180 auburn avenue right next to royal peacock in downtown atlanta Mango's Caribbean Restaurant. Open daily from 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. And on Friday and Saturday, we're open till 4 a.m. Come to Mango's and put some spice in your life. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, 180 Auburn Avenue, right next to Royal Peacock. In downtown Atlanta. For more info or directions, call 404 
6983992 or log on to mangoscaribbeanrestaurant.com for instant coupons text m a n g o s to 313131 mangoes caribbean restaurant authentic caribbean cuisine As technology continues to bring changes to the world of education, it's time we also reimagine teacher professional development. Gone are the days of one-size-fits-all learning that can only be accessed at a specific time and place. The Stride PD Center is an on-demand library of mobile-friendly courses that allow educators to learn anytime and anywhere. Our dynamic courses provide bite-sized learning and help educators advance their knowledge while also gaining professional development hours. The best professional development plans are those that include a level of flexibility and choice for educators. Whether you're a teacher, school, or district, visit us today to take charge of your learning. We're back. It's time for the 2024 Urban NerdCon. Join us in Atlanta, Georgia, April 26th through the 28th at the Cortland Grand Hotel. Special guests include Underworld creator Kevin Grievous, Gary Gray from Fairly Odd Parents, from Nickelodeon, Giovanni Samuels, the Science Machine, Michael Green, the Sci-Fi Sisters, and from Spaceballs and Star Trek Voyager, Tim Russ. Hi, I'm Tim Russ. Join me April 26th through the 28th at the Cortland Grand Hotel in Atlanta, Georgia, for the Urban Nerd Con. Our heroes, our villains, our stories, everyone con. I'll see you there. Live long and prosper. Visit TheUrbanNerdCon.net to get your buy one, get one free badges before the price increases. Remember, our heroes, our villains, our stories, everyone's con. See you there. Press the analytic data with your hip-hop. If you know them like I know them, they're going to tell you if your team, if they want a lot, yeah. And who the ball, who the ball. So listen to Professor Yes Sir, yes, sir. and pay attention because he's going to teach a lesson. Yes. This is Dr. Bill with Inside the HBC Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. Both are out on assignment, but we have AD Drew in. And now we're going to move it back to the modern time, 2023. I want to know what excited you this year. What sticks in your mind? What were some of the big matchups that took place? And it could be in any sport, uh, AD Drew. What jumps out at you? I'm not going to go with a matchup. I'm going to go get a story. And we started this the year with one of our institutions not knowing who they were going to name as their next head coach for one reason or another. And I'm going all the way back to Bethune-Cookman. And we're going to end the season with another one of our institutions going back and forth, trying to figure out who they're going to name for their head coach, uh, that being Texas Southern, you know, obviously the Bethune with, with the Ed Reed situation, uh, contract never got ratified. Some things fell apart there, uh, at the end. This is a story, ironically, that started this week in 2022. So one year ago, uh, I believe it was on a Thursday, if I remember correctly, but is when the news first broke that Ed Reed had agreed in principle to become the next head coach at Bethune Cookman. Two weeks ago, it was reported that uh, Fred McNair had agreed, you know, had not necessarily agreed in principle, but was 
supposed to be the man and pretty much had everything but the ink on the paper and something happened. So I just think it's ironic, Dr. Kavir, that we start the year with a coaching search controversy and we end the year with a coaching search controversy. Obviously, two different dynamics as to why those two institutions are in those positions. But I just think that's kind of befitting of the year, the bookend of the year. I like the way you tie it back, uh, bookend the year, because you go a little bit into 2022, uh, but it certainly ties into 2023. So I can see that in a lot of ways. I think where I'm going to go is what just sticks with me and it's, it's intriguing to me because I'm wondering how far in history this will go. Is Southern's buzzer beater over Jackson State. And if you're not careful, you would automatically think and say that was the championship game of the basketball tournament. No, it was not. It was the semifinals. So Southern had to come back and they actually beat Pine Bluff Golden Lions, who has a great uh, non-conference uh, schedule of what they've been able to do on the women's side of basketball after coming out of that championship game in 2023 in Birmingham. But the fact that um, Southern got it done, upset the juggernaut, if you would, Jackson State, uh, that was just getting it done on the women's side, winning regular seasons, tournaments, having great runs in terms of what they did uh, throughout the season, including a, a big game uh, in the NCAA tournament and looking like where they were going to knock off LSU, who eventually would be 2023's national champion, just to let you know how things fly. But that one sticks in me on the women's side, just um, that buzzer beater. And you can see it. I was in the arena for that matchup. And you could see the comeback as it was coming. And you saw the shot, and you was like, oh, that's online. <laughs> and with flash, you was like, ooh, he's Ooh, it just went down. You pushing on buttons, trying to tell folks to get it out there, social media atmosphere. But that was one uh, that kind of stuck with me is when you look at the Southern women's basketball program, uh, defeating Jackson State in the semifinal matchup and coming back and winning uh, the championship game matchup finals uh, to ultimately win the SWAC tournament championship. What about it, you? What else uh, is on your mind? Well, if, we, if, if we're going to talk about basketball, we're going to talk about the institution that employs you currently, uh, that being Texas Southern winning the uh, winning the Texas Invitational. I mean, I mean the SWAC <laughs> Basketball Championship <laughs> as Texas Southern wins another uh, SWAC Basketball Championship. And if I have the number right, Dr. Kabil, I want to say that six of the last eight Swack basketball champions on the men's side have come from one Texas school or the other. I may be off by one year, maybe five or seven or something along those lines. But but it's ridiculous that they keep that people keep playing in the Texas basketball invitational and expected <laughs> to win. This time, Texas Southern comes in as the number eight seed. Wow. They knock off number one Alcorn. Yep. Number two, and then finish out by beating number two, Grambling. I mean, this this was like, I mean, I I said it. You do not want any one of those tech, either one of those Texas schools 
to get in if you're Alcorn and have to face them in the first round. I said that those last three weeks as Texas Southern was coming from number 10 to the, I think they may have been even number 11 at one point in time to 10 to nine to eight. As they got healthy, they got their players back and they got their players back at the right time. And when do you want to peak? If you're a basketball team tournament time, and that's exactly what Texas Southern did and just threw everything all, all out of whack for uh for the Southwestern Athletic Conference. And let's be real, styles make fights. If there was I think Texas Southern may have been the only team that probably could have beaten Alcorn oh, yeah. in that tournament. Yeah. And by golly, they did it. <laughs> That's a good one. Since you're talking about men's basketball, I'm gonna stick there, but I'm gonna go into the MEAC. Uh in terms of the MEAC's basketball with Howard University doing the daily double, winning the regular season, and then coming back and getting the tournament. Um, and little would we know that when they matched up in the Chris Paul Classic in Las Vegas this year, they won the same calendar year, you get that matchup between Texas Southern and Howard. And it would be a classic that would go down to a last-second shot that was missed by Howard after Texas Southern comes back, ultimately in the first half, trailing by 18 to get that victory. But shout out to Blakeney for getting it done in March Madness in 2023 uh, in terms of cutting down the nets for the Howard Bison. Big-time program. Shout out to Norfolk State, the women getting it done as well. Uh, as I was there early for that tournament and then coming on the second half to see what happened in Birmingham for the SWAC, and that was in Norfolk, Virginia. Good stuff, good stuff there. I know you wanted to give love to NIA. Uh, program GCAC. If we sticking with basketball, you had classics down there, both on the what men's and women's side. What are your thoughts there? Yeah, man, you talk about if you had to be a basketball fan to find these games, but if you were a basketball fan, you missed not one but two classic games in in the tournament hosted at Tougaloo. Last year, first of all, Tougaloo, the team that did not lose to another NAIA program the entire season. Only regular season loss was to Mississippi College, who was a Division II institution. Got pushed to the limit (laughs) by Philander Smith and... On a, I mean, on a buzzer beater, I mean, the play was kind of like, and I'm trying to recall the play in my head. I remember that that was a foul and there wasn't a foul and and they had to go back and put time on the clock. Anyway, it was, it was on a buzzer beater, one of the best finishes that you can get. But Doc, that was the second game. They had a fantastic finish. So those people, I don't care if they paid $5 or $50, they got their money's worth because in the first game, Rust having to go coast to coast with under 10 seconds to go, got the bucket that they needed to defeat, um, was it was it Fisk or was it Philander? Can't remember who the opponent was. But uh, that once again, Coach Eric Jackson finally getting that GCAC crown there and Russ going on to the tournament. Russ went in, I believe, uh, 
both these teams, I was very disappointed in how they were seeded in the NAIA tournament. There's no way in hell. You go through a regular season with one loss and you become a number six seed. So, uh, yeah, I just wanted to say. And if we're talking about basketball, last thing on small college basketball, the turnaround that Langston had, never in any sport have I seen a team go plus 30. Going one at 27 the previous year, going 30 and one, uh, 31 and one in the regular season. Uh, I believe. I believe they wound up uh, 32 and two or 32 and three, something, something along those lines in, in the, in the regular season. Uh, once they lost, they lost in the round of 16. What, uh, once they got to Kansas City, both Tugadu and Langston lost in Kansas City in the round of 16. But the, the turnaround that Chris Wright had, if you have not uh, paid attention, that's a story you need to pay attention to because Chris Wright has proven that this is not a fluke. As he has yet to lose a game this year for Langston in the 2023-2024 season. I believe they're about 12 and 0 right now, somewhere around there. Good stuff. Great points. Let's get into our last break. We'll come back on the other side and give you some more memories from 2023. We'll go into some other sports. We'll get on the women's side. Maybe some volleyball uh, is on top of your mind. We'll see what that looks like. We'll get into some softball matchups, maybe. Uh, certainly got to talk about baseball. And then we're going to close it out with the big football game. Obviously, we know who won, so that was memorable in itself. But we'll talk about maybe some memorable moments within that game that certainly should be fresh on your mind. So stick with us. We'll be right back after this last break. The Cuvée Group is a Florida-based marketing and training consulting firm. We help businesses communicate to their target audience and engage them in conversation. We also help to expand their audiences, which will ultimately result in growth for those organizations. In addition to being a certified constant contact specialist, my colleagues and I are also certified in John Maxwell leadership principles. We use these proven principles to conduct workshops, training, and private coaching sessions for individuals and companies looking to take things to the next level. Contact us to schedule a free consultation. Issues today, don't delay, call Cuvay. When you're looking for the latest information on Southern University Sports, the Southwestern Athletic Conference, and HBCU Athletics, there's only one place to go. Tune in to the Carlos Brown Show, exclusively on the Black College Sports Network. It's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition, and instill a sense of pride in your HBCU with your little ones. HBCU Pride and Joy Children's Boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite HBCU. Visit HBCUPrideJoy.com and follow us on all social media at HBCU Pride Joy on Facebook and Twitter. Press the analytic data with your hip-hop If you know them like I know them They gon' tell you if your team If they want a lot left And who the ball, ball So listen to Professor Yes sir And pay attention Cause he gon' teach a lesson This is Dr. Mills inside the HBC Sports Lab Closing out year 2023 With our last show uh, We'll give your time back on Thursday Check us out. We will have a show that we rerun. We'll do the interview with Coach Willie Simmons, winner of the Cricket Celebration Bowl. 
2023 HBCU champions at the major division level. Talking about that, I want to go back a little series I did. We're going to do a little bit of volleyball. Shout out to Cotton State Eagles getting it done in the MEAC, winning their first ever conference championship, getting a regular season championship and the tournament championship so they can qualify, which brings me to the squat when you look at Jackson State as they had that's similar to what you saw in basketball. They got it done on the volleyball side of things. When they take out the number one seed uh, and, and get it done, they also take out number two seed. Uh, Prairie View, Alabama State in that matchup. And they take out the two-time defending champions, the family rattlers in the championship game in regards to getting done. Shout out to Jackson State because you're talking about a run through the tournament coming at the fifth seed, defeating four, then <laughs> defeating uh, uh, number one seed, and then defeating uh, FAMU again, two-time champion that didn't go down easy because they made it all the way to the championship game. Shout out, man, big time. Players making big-time plays. That's big. With that being said, let me go back to you, Drew, and say what's on your mind after I throw it off on the volleyball uh, memories for 2023. We've got a privilege uh, also. The BCSN Sports Wrap is going to take the weekend off. We'll be back the uh, first Sunday in January. That'll be January 7th with our next show. But this weekend, we're going to run some of the best of the BCSN Sports Wrap. We'll run Saturday. We'll go with uh, some of our best interviews and segments from the uh, spring semester. And then uh, on Sunday, we'll run uh, what we're going to call live on location, some of the our best shows and best clips from when we were live doing uh Doing uh, the BCSN Sports Wrap, yeah, Doc. Pay attention. You'll be on. You'll be on that uh, live on location uh, special segment, and then on Monday, we will run a segment of uh, some some of our best clips from the uh, from the fall semester. Uh, so you have a, a full weekend of the best of BCSN Sports Wrap to uh, kind of jar your memory on some of the uh, biggest stories of the year. But getting back to the year, Doctor Kavir. How about that SWAC baseball tournament? You know, basketball may be my favorite sport, but baseball, it was my first love. And being there live on location for the, what? I missed I missed day one of the tournament, but I was there for the remainder of the tournament. And the first of all, not one, but both teams in the championship came out of the loser's bracket. You don't see that too often. In the SWAC tournament, one team, you may have one team sneak in there from the loser's bracket. You rarely do you have two teams sneak in from the loser's bracket. But the way both those teams got there to that championship game, both teams had to make make remarkable comebacks to, to stay alive in the tournament. After they had blown, after both teams had blown leads in games in which they should have won. And they weren't the only teams that uh, did that. And did anybody realistically think that anybody was going to take down the big, bad Alabama State during that, during that swag tournament? I don't quite think so. So, And, and how befitting that FAMU and that school on the beach were in two separate brackets so they could actually be in the championship game so that you had a Florida classic 
in, in Tallahassee North, as we like to call it, a.k.a. Atlanta, for the SWAC championship. So uh, shout out to the new blood in the SWAC. That's a big one. Those games were exciting. It really sticks out to me because um, this is the second year annually that Deuce and I go uh, as he uh, ends his school year. I get to take him on a trip, and it's just the guys out. Last year was Birmingham. This year was Atlanta. Uh, great championship matchups. He got a signed baseball. My um, head coach there, Bethune-Cookman uh, University, shout out to Coach, uh, getting it done. Um, uh, coach Hernandez. Uh, Fernandez, that was a beautiful thing. I appreciate him sharing such uh, kind and great words uh, to Deuce in terms of what he got done there. But just the games, the way they were played, a lot of really good games, one-run games, big-time plays up and down the diamond all weekend, great pitching matchups, big-time hits at key moments. Um, so well-played in terms of that and just the level of competition uh, when you talk about the top eight teams, uh, I remember when you used to be able to go into the tournament and you didn't have to worry about the four seed. That's not the case. Everybody's throwing their aces uh, and going deep into that. And for fan you uh, to come out on top and win their championship, uh, that was big time uh, when you talk about this. So I agree with you what that looked like for uh championship. want to shout out. One other thing on the tournament, one other thing on the tournament for the championship game, not to be a 15 to 13 game because teams coming out that uh, loses bracket usually have no pitching for those pitchers coming in on three days rest and short rest to actually pitch that game to where it was a competitive, low scoring game. Once again, credit to both those uh, teams right there. Yeah, no doubt about it. Shout out to uh, softball. North Carolina Central wins their first ever softball championship in a classic matchup uh, that went down to the wire. Big time plays, key hits uh, as you get it done, which brings me to Prairie and m as they shock everybody and go through the tournament uh, with some big wins over uh, top seeds on the East when a lot of people thought the East uh, really get it done. Obviously, they had a tremendous season, uh, key loss, is they had two losses during the regular season, but they backed it up uh, with going back-to-back champions uh, with uh, a lot of folks looking at them. So that was key on giving uh, big runs there. Golden Tigers earned second consecutive NCAA tournament appearance as they won the SIAC tournament. So uh, big-time matchups for them. Excited about winning over there. Obviously, you have the Black College World Series champions. A lot of memories were made there. And you had a key matchup with the NAIA versus the NCAA Division II. Uh, so key in terms of what went down there. Russ getting it done in the GCAC, uh, running the regular season and then the tournament uh, as a tie regular season. But their first ever GCAC baseball tournament, extremely memorable in terms of how it went down there. Uh, so that was fascinating uh, about some key things. So some of the key moments for me, what some final key notes that you want to close on in terms of the 2023 HBC uh, memorable moments for 2023. And I'm going to tie this one all back in together. How about the story that wound up not being a story? How about the, the rap video in the locker room back in July, three days before, three days before the doggo uh, swack media day, that was that turn everybody thought was gonna be a big story. Everybody thought it was gonna be a distraction. Well, 
Fast forward to the December 16th to see how much of a distraction that was to everybody. We, I just leave that one right there that y'all fill in the blanks on that one. Uh, but, but my last one is historic, Dr. Cavill. How about for the first time since we've had both the Celebration Bowl and the BX Swack Challenge, the Swack has won both in the same season, Dr. Cavill. Not hard, not hard to uh, kind of put this together. Swax only won two celebration bowls, 2016, 2023. When I go back to 2016, BX Swack Challenge, Alcorn versus Bethune, held in Daytona. Game suspended in the second quarter due to weather. So we throw that one out the window. So the only the first time we've had opportunity to do it was 2023 when uh, Jackson State defeated South Carolina State in in the rematch, you know, to get back as uh, John Grant decided he uh, wanted to coin it, to get back. So Jackson State got to get back, and then FAMU closed it out as a champion will be crowned, and the champion was crowned with the SWAC lettering on the front. So for the first time in John Grant, you can use this and market this however you want to. The SWAC has swept both of the classics in Atlanta. <laughs> That's big time. That's big time. Especially when, I don't think a lot of people have really paid attention to that. I'm not sure if anybody has mentioned that. So that's a big one you just put on the table to basically close out the show uh, how many people caught that. And that's what back to back for the VX White Challenge. Uh, wow, with Howard losing this the challenge last year to Alabama State, this year obviously getting it done in the VX White Challenge with Jackson State defeating South Carolina State. So you about talking about Howard that has played in both this year and this year, having having much success in Atlanta and in uh, South Carolina State after winning the celebration two years ago falls to Jackson State. So now you got it. 2023, such a magical year, turning it over for football, getting it done uh, in that matchup. Wow, fascinating when you kind of think about it. Uh, Edwin D. Moore did shout out soccer, so I'll give some love there. I think that was a great one. When you talk about Grandma State defeating Jackson State 2-1, magical season, uh, getting it done for SWAC uh, soccer. Obviously, MIAC doesn't uh, have soccer. They have some programs with South Carolina State and Howard. Uh, Delaware State playing women's uh, soccer, but uh, no official uh, matchup with the MEAC. So just like baseball is not part of the MEAC. So shout out in terms of that. But I think you hit the nail on the head when you close it out with the SWAC winning the 2023 MEAC SWAC Challenge in the Cricket Celebration Bowl. Wow. Man, that's a pretty good one. Pretty good one. I don't know who's going to beat that. In terms of their memories for HBCU sports in 2023, I'll be looking forward to various shows to see what they do. We'll come back maybe uh, the following Tuesday with the crew and see what they think about some of their memorable moments. We'll see if that one comes up. If it doesn't, Andrew, I'll give you credit, but I'm going to sneak it out my back pocket. (laughs) Shout out to Roy Evans, all the work he does in the magic in the back scene, making sure that we can produce these shows, uh, funding BCSN to another level, obviously. Uh, on Saturdays, you have Carlos Browns. On Wednesday, O and G Strike Zone. On Sundays, you have Brian and AD with Sports Wrap. 
Uh, other shows are coming. Other shows, you just continue to check us out. Uh, we have uh, different shows getting it done in the nature like that. But that'll do it for us as we close out 2023. Hopefully you have a wonderful year, and we hope that all your dreams and aspirations, you have a prosperous 2024. We're going to say it. We're out of here until 24. But as we like to say, and we want to thank you for listening, the Dr. Ville's Inside the HBC Sports Lab with Mike Watch and Charles Bishop every Tuesday and Thursday at 6 o'clock Central Standard Time. Uh, we will have uh, a re-air of a show on Thursday. Check us out as we shout out love the Florida A&M and Coach Willie Simmons with our interview talking about his experience for the Cricket Celebration Bowl winning that HBCU championship uh, at the major division level. We look forward as we discuss the latest news in the lab. Follow me, Dr. Neodicaville, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. That's D-R-K-E-N-Y-A-T-T-H-C-A-D-I-L. Inside the HBC Sports Lab uh, on one on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. Inside the HBC Sports Lab. Uh, shout out to all those in the background uh, that we do the credits for. Appreciate all the work that you do uh, in terms of getting it done in so many different ways. Uh, dream big. Continue to move forward. We will talk with you soon. A.D. Drew. Happy Kwanzaa. Happy New Year. Course. Roy. Lecture. Dismissed.